listen, boneless chicken is just chicken nuggets. There's no debate. Now, we got I don't really want to do the work today. I don't really want to do the work today. I don't really want to do Hi, friends. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Who sings that? I don't know. Um, what is this? Episode four? Four. four. Hey, hold on. Oh no, those toys. Quattro, I learned Spanish. Oh wow. Um, so I'm proud of you. Are you? No. Uh <laughs> everyone can count. Anyone can be a chef. No. Um, so yeah, this week we are talking about only so I can annoy Mickey. Dreams, goals, aspirations. No, um, we're talking about dream jobs. We're talking about moving on up. We're talking about where we want to see ourselves in the future when it comes to like working and shit. You kind of did that in the last episode when I asked you where you would see yourself in February of 2021. I said, I want a job, yo. <laughs> And we are almost in February and ooh, the stress is coming. <laughs> that stress that I talked about, it's here. Mm-hmm. So what are we talking about? I don't like dreams, aspirations, and wonders because that sounds like live, laugh, love. Because I don't know, aspirations is a weird word. It, it, like, what's wrong with aspirations? It's like, it, I, there's nothing wrong with having aspirations. The word aspirations makes me think of like those quotes where it's like a picture of clouds and it's like a dream is a wish your heart makes and like white women share it everywhere as if it's motivation to like okay. not leave your husband <laughs> ladies leave your husband True. not if he's rich if he's rich kill your husband no if he's rich make sure you didn't sign no prenup and then leave your husband. You still get rich, take out a million dollar life insurance policy, wait a year, and then he dies? Possibly. That is up to you. But you have to wait a year because it's always the life insurance policy that gets them. Um, I'm not about to condone this because watch somebody murder their husband and be like, oh, well, the ladies on the Mocha and Honey podcast told me to do that, so I did. I didn't tell them to murder their husband. I said, in a year... He may pass on. Jesus. But always wait a full year. I feel like I, that, applies. that makes his accessories to murder. And I just want to point out, um, if a jury is listening to this, I am not an accessory to murder. But uh, you can go right on ahead. And I'm get- not openly telling anyone to go forth and commit a crime. I'm just saying I've watched a lot of true crime docs where husbands kill their wives and whatever. And it's always because they don't have any money and they're desperate because they're gambling or whatever, or they have a mistress who's about to have a baby or something. So they kill their wives, but they take out a life insurance policy out first. And they always kill the wife like three to six months after they took the policy out, which the police are like, all right, now you're a suspect. And I never understood why they wouldn't just wait a year to do that. Like, first of all, don't kill your wife. But if this is your plan, why would you kill her as soon as you get the policy? Think about it. If you're desperate enough to need to murder your wife to get money as soon as possible, you don't have time to wait a year. Well, then don't kill your wife and think of another way to get this money. Duh. Because killing her immediately after getting the policy, it's suspicion. It's the first thing the police look at. And they're like, this motherfucker. 
and I've seen it happen so many times that I'm like, why at this point, like, I know, like, a, not to do that. I will have a better way of doing that. Did you hear about the dad, the one that killed his son with the, like, he gave his son pixie sticks and it, it killed him? What? Oh my gosh. Okay. So slight change it, guys. Very. It's the true crime podcast now. <laughs> no. Uh, okay, honey, true crime. This dad takes his kids trick-or-treating and he takes his neighbor's kids too. The neighbor comes with them and they go to a house, but all the lights are off and they wait for a little bit, like, you know, see if someone like comes out to give them candy. No one shows up. So the rest of the family like walks away, right? They start walking towards the next house, but the dad lingers behind and says he's going to try again. And so like 10 minutes later, he shows up, like he catches them as they're leaving the other house and he's like, Hey, you know, someone opened the door. I had a chat with them he gave me these for you guys. And so it's like a handful of pixie sticks. So he gives his son two pixie sticks. He gives his, uh, the, the neighbor's son some pixie sticks. And then, you know, they, they finish their whole thing and they, they walk around to the rest of the neighborhoods and get home. And they like, I guess, ran out of candy by the, the wife had run out of candy by the time he got home or by the time they all got home, they still had a few more trick-or-treaters. So he was handing out pixie sticks to the kids that came to the door too right so at this point he's out of pixie sticks but he's like yeah like i might as well use this candy that i got from this random house that nobody has seen or whatever um and he has son like they each get to eat one piece of candy before they go to bed his daughter chooses a piece of candy it is not a pixie stick and his son chooses the pixie stick right so his dad helps him open it and then helps him put it like literally shakes it so he gets all of it in his mouth and then like seconds later, homeboy like starts vibrating all of the floor, vomits, and within an hour, he's dead. Wait, are we a true crime podcast now? Because I have questions. I mean, ugh, we can take a, a quick tangent for this. How old were the kids? Uh, I think the son was 11 and the daughter was around seven or eight. Was this all on purpose? Yeah, so like basically, um, he's the one he he made the pixie sticks. He like stapled them together. One idiot. Two, um, like he so like they call the police. Whatever, yada yada yada. Um, and the the neighbor and all the other kids that had gotten the candy, like no one had eaten, no one else had eaten the candy. Basically, they realized that all the because like they just know it came from bad candy. So all they gathered all the candy, like all the neighborhood kids brought their candy in um, and the police went through it and they found it only in the pixie sticks. Like, um, I think it was like- Was he trying to kill all the kids in the neighborhood? I think he was like trying to kill his kids, but if other kids died, it was like more believable that it wasn't him, it was the candy. Right, anyway, like honestly to make a long tangent end, um i think we should become a true crime podcast so we can discuss this more so screw what we were going to talk about this is mocha and honey true crime we're going to discuss this we're going to unpack this we'll do a spinoff it's fine we don't have to do it now i was gonna say like the story is over because the reason why they found out it was the dad was one he's the one that like was adamant about his son doing the pixie stick thing two he couldn't remember the exact house they went to and the neighbor like somehow some way also couldn't remember because the neighbor also went with them um and the kids kind of have no clue where anything is yeah the kids 
Yeah. So um, for like a full week, the police were like, well, like we have no suspects and whoever lives in that house has an alibi. So there's nothing we can do. Like they kind of are about to let it rock until they find out. Cause like all of a sudden dad and mom are lush with cash. Life insurance policy. The life insurance policy. It's always They bad. find out, right? That the dad <laughs> took the life insurance policy out on the kids literally a month and a half prior, both kids. And it's creepy to take life insurance out on your children. But this is how they like knew for sure. The jury was convinced immediately after hearing this. The kid died the very next morning before like the investigation, before planning the funeral, everything. The very next morning, homeboy calls in that claim. The very next, like literally like he called in at 8.30 a.m. in the morning. Before calling like the paramedics? Well, no, no, no. So they called the paramedics. The kid went to the hospital the night before, yada, yada. But like the like after like getting home from the hospital your kid is dead your wife is inconsolable his sister is confused the very first thing you did as a father who is supposedly grieving is call in that insurance claim also people thought it was weird that he cared more about nobody he like wrote a song for his church choir to sing at like the memorial um that like because they were hosting one and it was like being uh, filmed and put on tv and he wrote a song and no one was like during the memorial service no one was listening to the song and like watching his recording of the song and he was more upset about that than about like his kids and the child that had died all right what a tangent yeah what a what a tangent but uh what is this episode about I guess true crime now. No, um, the episode is about dream jobs. It's about where we want to be in our career, in our industry, like end goal. Mm. Which like, do you even know the answer to that? Um, well, here's how I'm going to start. My dream job when I was a child, a youth, I might say, was to be a journalist. I had that goal. I was going to be a journalist. I was going to live in New York. I was going to work for some newspaper. I was going to take pictures of Spider-Man and make so much money. This is my goal throughout my entire life. That was my plan. Uh, in seventh or eighth grade, uh, the economy crashed, right? So... I still wanted to be a journalist, but like people were losing their jobs and shit. And my science teacher, not even like a teacher who like gave a shit about me, was like, you should not go into journalism because you'll never find a job. And it scared the shit out of me because I was a poor kid and my whole goal was to make money so I can get out of the hood and never be poor again. And I don't understand why I thought journalism would do this, but uh, that was my goal. So of course I'm like, shit, if I don't find a job, I can't get the fuck out of the hood. So I like switched my goal to I don't know what I switched it to but like from eighth grade all the way up until I had to like pick a major for college I was not sure what I wanted to be because I knew I couldn't go into journalism because I probably wouldn't have found a job so like how did you end up at like advertising oh I went to community college and majored in business and we did like part of that was like studying marketing and like my assignment was like studying the marketing of like sonic milkshakes and whatever blah, blah blah and I'm like I'd rather do this shit than fucking 
Excel spreadsheets. Fuck that. And I was like, okay, let me do some research. Let me watch every episode of Mad Men. Let's switch this major. Well, also, I have a... Mad Men, though? Mad Men? That misogynist bullcrap is what got you into this industry? No. Like, yeah, the characters of Mad Men are fucking terrible. They're horrible men in general. But, like, the work they were doing is, like, good and interesting and looked fun to do. I didn't want to be them. I wanted to do their jobs. (laughs) Hopefully better. Yeah. Yeah. I can understand that. And so I also had a goal of like working in the film industry and I wanted to be like a movie producer and shit. But I also knew that I'm like, I am damn well not going to college to major in film. I will not go into debt for that. So yeah, my dream job is to work in media for a big television studio. And that's it. Probably move to Los Angeles or Atlanta. Actually, scratch that. That's not my dream job. My dream job is to work for Tyler Perry and take him down from the inside. Okay. And dream, I'm, dream jobs, please, only. Thank you. I'm very close to that that goal, that job, because um, he's retired Medea, and uh, people are really calling him out on making Black women suffer. So I feel like society, the universe, I put it out into the universe and it's happening. I mean, you entering his like studios and kind of ruining him from the inside out. That's just his, his bad choices coming back. But I manifested it. I guess. I guess. I put it out into the universe and the universe is like, I bet. Okay. Well, I truly do hope all of that for you. Thank you. I just want to work for a TV studio so I can meet famous people. I truly, uh, with the small amount of famous people that I have met, I truly do not want to meet any more famous people because what it does is just remind you that, wait a minute. Nothing. I just feel like that was a strange moment where you're just like, of all the famous people I've met, I'm just so tired. I haven't met a bunch of famous people. I am so tired of meeting all of these famous people. It's just like, I don't know. Like, okay, when we met Guy Fieri, I found out. Oh my gosh, he name dropped. Gosh. When I met Guy Fieri, it's just so tiring because I've met so many famous people in my life. It's just like one thing is some famous people suck. Ugh. And it sucks to find out that a famous person that you like is not as cool as you know the the person that you built up. Like it's just Did you expect Guy Fieri to be like a fun, nice, cool person? I didn't expect him to be a dick. I can tell from his haircut, he's probably a dick. Remember when he was in Richmond and just like walking in and out of restaurants yelling, I'm Guy Fieri? He didn't do that, but I imagine that's what he was doing. That's not what he was doing. <laughs> There's pictures of him on like Main Street. And I'm like, what if he's just walking into restaurants demanding shit because he's Guy Fieri? Oh, he went to, um, I think it was Soul Taco that was on his show, Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. Oh, I gotta watch that episode. But yeah, I can, like Guy Fieri is a white man with ice blonde hair gelled into a spike wearing a flaming button up shirt who rides around in like a motorcycle or some shit and probably is like terrible to his kids like just looking at the way he looks his presentation to me I'm just like this dude is probably an asshole in real life 
And then in turn, you see Gordon Ramsay, who's an asshole on TV. And I'm like, he's probably not this bad in real life, which he's not. He's actually a really sweet guy. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I've never met a famous person. Well, I did annoy Ernie Hudson once. That's good enough. And Claire Danes complimented my shirt. Okay, so you have met famous people. I mean, I get B5 came to my elementary school. I didn't know who they were, though. I don't know who B5 is now. Uh, they were like a boy band. There were like five of them. Oh, wow. I wouldn't have guessed that. And uh, their last name started with B, or maybe all of their first names started with B. I don't know. I don't know any other song except for in Kronk 2, they sing the song that they make bread to. What? What's that song? It get great things. No, wait, that's a goofy movie. Just like the scene in the Kronk 2 where he's sexually making bread with the girl. And the song in the background is a B5 remix of like an old school, like funk song. I, okay, well, like, oh God, now I have to look things up and truly. <sighs> what was your dream job when you were a child living in the outskirts of Nova? In the outskirts of Nova? I was living in Nova. Okay. Um, okay, so. Growing up, like, I'm not going to lie, when people were like, oh, hey, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? I would, like, dead ass look them in the face and be like, I want to be a mom. What? That was my dream job. I just wanted to be a mom. Take care of children? Okay. Think about this, right? The only thing that I had ever done constantly in my life is take care of children. So why would you want to do that as the, for the I rest of your life? It. I spoke kids language, man. Like even when I was like a child myself, I when I was 11, I was taking care of a newborn baby. Okay? <laughs> like I don't know, but I if I still think kids are cool. I still want to be a mom. That is still one of my dream aspirations. I'm not letting that one go. But I found out when, you know, um I got to American schools that, you know, crush people's dreams that being a mom is not a real job unless I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom which I found out is not possible in this country unless your husband makes a crap ton of money so impossible huh it's not impossible I thought you said it's Kim possible and I was like Kim possible's parents were loaded one and both scientists but it's impossible I think if I mean, I don't feel like your husband has to be loaded for you to be a stay-at-home mom. I do think if you have one child, then like, it's probably fine. I think I have just one kid. Well, yeah, no one wants to have one. I know these two people who are only children and they found each other. And like the girl's an only child and the guy's an only child. And I was like, oh, are you guys going to have a bunch of kids? Because you know what it's like to like be the only kid. And they're like, no, we're going to have one kid and like be done. And I was like, that child's going to be lonely because it doesn't have any cousins. Oh, shit. I'm like, the benefit of being an only kid, well, I have like three siblings, so I, I've never been an only child. But I have no kids who are only child and have had their cousins to like make up for not having siblings. And I'm like, you're about to have a child. Your goal is to have one child. And that child is not going to have any cousins. They're not going to have anybody to play with at any holiday gathering. Can you imagine? You want to play with at all. Like their whole, cause like, I mean, me and my cousins are mad tight right now. We do a lot of stuff together, but like, even then, like, you just like, when you go to grandma's house, like nobody's there. It's just grandma. Like, what do you do? 
I feel like that will make their kid like make friends really, really quickly. But I also feel like that child might get way too attached to people because it doesn't have anybody else. Also, like your cousins or like your friends' kids are all the kids that like you learn to socialize with before you go to school. Mm-hmm. So like, I just feel like uh, that's a little dangerous. Yeah, I would try not to get too involved in his relationship except for this one thing. And I was like, please, please have at least two kids, please. I am begging for your unborn non-existent child. Please have at least two kids. I really like, I just, I feel like if they have one kid, it's gonna be a sociopath. Well, I mean, bring a, bring little Bobby over. My child is not hanging out with a sociopath. <laughs> I mean, fair enough. But like to prevent the sociopath tendencies? Like if they're like, oh, can you bring your child over? I'll be like, listen, I told you to have more than one. My kid is not going to hang out with a future psychopath. <sighs> Sorry. Call me when they commit their first murder. I'll represent them. Because at that point, I'll be a lawyer. You're not going to be a lawyer, ma'am. You don't. I wanted to be a lawyer. That was one of my dream jobs because my mom watched a lot of Law and Order. And I was like, I think I want to be a lawyer. But I, lawyers go to school for like like eight years, I think. Six. Six. I just did not feel like doing that, which is ironic because it took me six years to graduate college. Me too. Uh, love you. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, Um, being a mom still my dream job. But I realized I wanted to do advertising because I joined DECA, which is like marketing. It's like marketing version of like FBLA. It's competitive marketing, honestly. FBLA. Future Business Leaders of America. Oh, I was in that for a day. For a day. I went to a meeting and I was like, this is boring. And then I took art instead. I did art club. That is better. Um, FBLA, I, I was in FBLA for um, like a, not a semester, but like a school quarter. I feel like we would have crossed paths in life at some point. If I did FBLA and they did like uh, all students of Virginia FBLA congregation, I feel like we would have seen each other. Oh, well, no, I left FBLA for DECA because one, DECA had donuts for all of their meetings. Every meeting, they had donuts. Um, secondly, what did I do in deck? Oh, cause my sister, yes, that's why. My sister went to Chicago. She went to uh, um, Disney World, Florida. She went to all these places with DECA and it was under the pretense of competing. But I would like look at her competing stuff and all it would be is just like putting together what I what looked like to me a bunch of like poster board and glue and glitter. And I was like, I can do that. I can't, I could not. Um, competitive marketing is a lot co- more complicated than I thought it was. My very first event, I, I didn't even make it to States. It was just, it was bad. I was very bad. Um, it was, it was not good. My very, long story short, I found there's so like, there's a series of campaigns that you can do. Some of them are, most of them are really, really marketing heavy, but there was one campaign and it was an advertising campaign. And that's what like, that's what the whole entire competition was. You would have to build an ad campaign for a company and then pitch it. And like the, the campaign, the reason why all of that stuff. So like basically like what I do now, but when I was in, I don't know, what was this like? 11th grade 
I've spent a whole entire summer like doing research, figuring this out, rewriting this whole entire thing. And I made it all to all the way to internationals and placed fifth. And internationals? I, IPDC. It, I do want to point out, it, it goes from states directly to internationals. There is no national. So um, it, it's important to note because everyone thinks like, oh, that's so fancy. But like, uh, it wasn't. Um, but I was really, really proud of myself for this thing. And I was like, I could do this because I had so much fun doing it. And like, after the fact, I kept on like working on that thing this whole time. Uh, like I, I would work on it like in the summer in between um, 11th and 12th grade. But then it was like time to choose jobs. And my dad was like, you have to be a doctor. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Which is really annoying because because you like placed at ICDC, like it's it's a big deal. And I ended up getting a scholarship to uh, Georgia Tech of all places um, for if I had studied marketing or communications. Can you imagine where I'd be right now? If your dad told you you couldn't go because he wanted you to be a doctor? I didn't even tell my parents because they, they wanted me to be a doctor. They said, you're going to be a pediatrician, which like, I, I liked kids. That I was just thinking, I think you'd make a great pediatrician because you'd be around kids and you wouldn't have to like marry rich. You'd be financially okay. Because I'd be able to like, yeah. I'm like that, that's kind of, so my parents said be a doctor and I, that was like my in-between. They were like, so I decided, okay, if I have to be a doctor, at least I'm going to like, you know, hang out with people I care about, take care of kids. Um, and actually the summer after graduating, I, um, I shadowed a pediatrician and hung out with a bunch of kids all summer, um, watched a kid go through a bone marrow transplant and oof, um, poor children, really. First of all, bone marrow transplant needles for adults are about this big. I was thinking, okay, bone marrow transplant, this is a, a, a chopstick, by the way, that I'm holding up. I was thinking it was maybe- I know what a chopstick is. It was for the, they can't see me, Mickey. <laughs> I thought you were like, this is a chopstick. Like, I don't fucking know. Okay, so I went to public school. Like, we had chopsticks. I also went to public school. <laughs> anyway, for an adult, it's about the length of a chopstick and it's huge. It's super thick. Literally think of a chopstick going into your body, into your bone, twisting around and then coming out. I was thinking, okay, maybe for a child, it's like just the tip of the chopstick. No, it's about more than half. Oh no. I like truly, I was in so much, and you have to be awake for it. <gasps> no. That's what I'm saying. So that's the moment when I realized I could not be a pediatrician because I don't know how in good conscience I could stab a child with that big of a needle and watch them scream in pain. Like I had to watch that one little, literally hung out with him in the waiting room. I was like, I, when I scrubbed in, we were talking, we were laughing. And I see this big ass needle and I was like, yo. <laughs> you, you, you developed a relationship with him. So like you were too emotional. And I will develop a relationship with you. So I can't, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. It was not. At that moment, I was like, oh, what I'm actually doing is causing children pain. Like, yes, I'm making them feel better. But like, think about it. A lot of the times when doctors treat you, it's not a positive thing. Well, yeah, I remember as a child trying to bite my doctor because I did not like needles. Yeah, and that's like 80% of what pediatricians do, vaccinations. So like, nah, fam, mm -mm. it was I not. You do it. I can understand you having like, I think over time your 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 skin would have gotten thicker and you would have been able to 
to do it. Oh, probably. Like my aunt like felt really bad about it, but she was like, you know, I've done this so many times that like I know how to do it as quickly and like as least painful as possible. But like that didn't matter to me because at the end of the day, I was like, I'm still hurting this child deliberately and it's for their own good yes but i'm hurting this child deliberately sometimes you're not hurting the child though like sometimes you're just like checking their reflexes i was still 18 and then like i i still went to school and i like i did the school thing and i was doing pre-med i took human anatomy i took biology i took chemistry and then i made it into my i think it was like my fourth or fifth semester and it was time for orgo actually i took orgo and biochem in the same semester. And I think that's why I dropped out. <laughs> mm -hmm. Because why, why would I do that? Those are the two most annoying and difficult classes that any pre-med student will tell you. Cause it's like, they're hard classes. I can't do math. Like, you know, I can't do math. I'm basically like, I dyscalcia is, is real and I have it. So like doing both of those things at the same time, what? I just yell at Bob to do my, I'll yell numbers at him. I'll be like, hey, babe, what's nine times nine? And he'll be like, uh, it's this. And I'll be like, okay, I'll trust that. 81. Okay, I'll trust that. <laughs> Took me a second though. But like, yeah, like I, math was not my friend. I was not friends with math. It was not, like even getting into the brand center, um, I was, I think like 40 points from failing the math section of the, the GMAT but I got almost a perfect score on my essay. So lime, but still like <laughs> a 500 compared to a 280 something. Can I tell you something? Mm -hmm. I recently had a, a job interview and the woman asked me what were my favorite subjects in, um, in school? And I was like, this is a strange question. And I answered honestly, and I was like English and history and drama class because those were my favorite fucking subjects. She's like, if you had to be in math class all day, how would you feel? And I'm like, ma'am, I just told you what my favorite classes were. How do you think I would fucking feel? Math no, then mm, there you go. And I was like, oh, well, you know, to be honest, if this is high school, it would depend on who my teacher was and who was in my class. And she was like, oh, that's a good answer. And I'm like, what? It sounds like this job had a lot of math involved and she wanted to make sure no one was on the brink of like, I hate math so much I will jump off a bridge. I don't know anyone. Like I can like do an Excel spreadsheet. I can do math. I can use, I use a calculator for everything, but I'm like, I don't understand how, like, what if I said my favorite classes were like fucking lunch band? Like, I don't know. Band class wasn't a real class in my high school. You just went and watched movies all day. I'm trying to remember what, we, I think band was actually, oh no, I was so bad at band that I was not allowed to actually play my instrument. I just had to mimic. So like while I was playing clarinet, literally like- You I, didn't know how to play the clarinet or you just bad at it? So like one, I always had broken reeds, which like, mm, you're not supposed to have that. But like my mom would always be like, why do I have to keep buying you reeds for this stupid instrument? Like, so I would like try to finesse my reed for longer just so I wouldn't have to like hear that spiel about like taking better care of my reeds even though they break like it's, it's a small piece of wood I don't know what you want me to do so like my clarinet would always come off sounding like slightly weird and also like I'll be honest I probably wasn't too good at clarinet but I did know all of like the the hand placements and stuff and so she was like just do the hand placements and don't blow 
Okay, was this at a white school? Because I'm about to ask, were you able to march and play at the same time? We had a marching band, but I quit band before they required you to be in marching band if you were in band. Oh, it was a requirement? Requirement. And then I found out that like, even if you were in band, you didn't like, if you were in marching band, you could be on the color guard and not actually play with marching band. Oh, color guard, it was a white school. Black schools don't have color guards. It's called fucking flag. Flag girls. I mean, it's the same thing. I tried to be a majorette and I was really good at it, but I was left-handed. And the dude was like, you need to learn how to do everything with your right hand within the next two weeks or you can't be on the team. And I was like, well, my dog got to take this L because that is not, I am left-handed. Like, that's just, that's just not gonna, not in a week. So took that out. My next question. We're talking about jobs, but we got really into our high school lives for a second. We did, yeah, and like our how we got to where we are, which, yeah. By the way, my dream job is to be an account manager. If anyone was wondering, oh my God. that long tangent didn't get there, but I want to be an account manager, preferably at, at Disney Yellow Shoes. Honestly, are you pitching to a specific person who you think might be listening? Hey, Mary. No, I'm kidding. Um, Mary. Can you- <laughs> Right after the drugs episode. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> oh. <laughs> now we're talking about cocaine and now you're like, hey, hire me. <laughs> I want to make this come true with Disney. Don't worry about the whole drug thing. Mm. Mm. I've gotten my life together since then. Yes. Since uh, the- <laughs> what was your very, 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 very first job? Okay. I was a theater teacher. Oh my God. Where? At my mom's school. In Africa? In Nigeria, yes. Mm. And I say theater teacher, but like mostly my mom just let me play theater sports games with all the kids that came to summer school Mm -hmm. um, during lunch. But I was in charge of those children. (laughs) I think my very first job was there's like this mayor's youth academy summer program set to like give uh, kids jobs in the summer and I got assigned to work at a community center in the kitchen and it was not that bad I think I got paid ten dollars an hour but I got bullied so much to the point where I'm just like this is the worst but also that was the summer where I started standing up for myself so like Maybe it was a good time. Maybe it wasn't. They also made us do inventory and I learned what inventory was and I vowed never to do it again. Like they wanted me to count each individual straw in the um, supply closet. And I was like, you know, I'm just going to put a thousand and call it a day because no. That's how everyone else does inventory. What do you mean? Um, Also, who bullied you? Was it the the kids or the people you were working with? Like there were like, 10 of us I think I was assigned to the kitchen with like two other girls and then like uh two girls were assigned to like the office and then like these two boys were assigned to like landscaping or whatever like they put the boys on landscaping and the two girls assigned to the office obviously suddenly felt like I'm in the office I have the better job I'm better than all the other kids because I'm working in the office which bitch I'm in, in here eating french fries all day and just chilling like this is fun Y'all over there doing work. 
fuck y'all. And so this girl- yeah, I mean, you out here filing and shit and I'm here living my best life with as much as I can fucking eat and you feel like you have the best job? Like, but you know how many waffles I ate today? Like, this is great. <laughs> lunch before y'all even think about that shit what you mean but there was this guy who was the nephew of the woman in the kitchen or someone who worked there and he like was flirting with me a lot and mind you I'm 15 and he was like 17 maybe 18 I'm not sure and he also transferred schools to be with me and I broke up with him at the end of the summer Um, hold on hold on hold on hold on hold on hold on what that's a different episode we'll 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 get into we'll talk about our exes later okay but um and so i guess this girl had a crush on him or something but she had the deepest raspiest voice like Roz from monsters inc deep and raspy and she bullied me all the time for just like my hair which i think was in a hat i wore a lot of fucking hats and shit and like this was like 10th grade going into 11th grade i think and I started like standing up for myself, not a lot, because I like didn't want to be in a fight and I didn't have a lot of good comebacks. Now I do. But like back then I didn't. So like she would just like try and place orders, but make sure I was the one that had to take her order and shit. And then eventually I was like, you know, this isn't fun. And she's like, oh, you got to take my order. I'm like, no, I don't. And she's like, yes, you do. Yes, you do. And I'm like, not with you sounding like fucking Scarface. And she got so mad because <laughs> I guess she didn't expect me to like fight back and I never heard from her again she like stopped coming into work oh wow you got a girl to quit her job I don't think she quit her job I think she's like I think something else happened around the time that I said that but for me like six little 15 year old me I'm like yeah bitch she hasn't come back since but really I think something was going on with her family but I'm pretty sure she was like, I got to go back to work because that bitch is going to think she scared me off with that. And she came back like towards the end of the summer and did not speak to me at all. And at that point, me and the dude were dating. So she was really angry. Oh, wow. I. That was my very, very first job. Like, I don't even know you. <laughs> I made a lot of money. My grandma helped me, helped me open a bank account, but she set it up. So I was only able to pull out money with her permission. That makes sense. Mm-hmm know if that bank account still exists speaking of bank accounts so i found out you know how like when like family friends or whatever like people show up and they give you money your mom says she's like holding on to it for you mm-hmm. so everyone knows that like your mom or parents or whatever take that money and just spend it right they spend it on you though so like whatever i found out that after all these years my mom actually took all that money and did she opened up individual bank accounts for all of us in Detroit, and she's forgotten the name of the bank. <gasps> oh no. So I have money somewhere out in the world. My broke ass has money somewhere out in the world. Is and it like a SunTrust or Wells Fargo? Huh? Is it like a Sun? Is it like a Detroit local bank? It's a local bank. And it's like this is back when like local banks ran everything. Like there wasn't like a general, like, you know, like Wells Fargo, Bank of America, whatever. I really truly feel like this bank was like acquired by something or like is closed or whatever. Can I tell you something that might fuck you up? I used to work at a bank. It was inside my high school. That is a completely different story. What I learned is that if your bank account is inactive for at least five years, they close it and they take whatever's in it, write you a check and mail it to you. 
Where did they mail the check? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know when it was open. And if your mom left it inactive for at least five years, they mailed that money somewhere. Thank and you guys to our house in Michigan, look that house we no longer own. Yes. And if you don't, you have like 90 days to cash a check and then it just disappears. So <sighs> hate to break your heart, honey. But if you want, we can do uh, Mocha Honey investigations and call every local bank in Detroit and be like, listen, I'm trying to find my dead sister's bank account. My dead sister's bank account. That sounds suspicious. Uh, Hello, my mother set up a bank account at this bank when I was a child and I'm trying to like find it and get access to it. She says she does not remember the name of the bank. I just need to know if you have a bank account under the name blah, 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 blah. Will banks do that? Here's my social security number. I don't think banks do that. There has to be a way to find a lost bank account. Maybe. I don't know. I have a lot of paperwork. Your credit, your credit score. What? It would have to be through your credit. All my bank accounts are not on my credit account. Mine are. I only have one, though. card for each of those banks? No. I only, only the ones that I have, like, credit on. I know how credit scores work, actually. Everyone gets really excited when I say what my credit score is, but that means nothing because I'm still poor. So like, I don't really get it. Like, yeah, I can get a loan at a, a low like payment rate, but I am still poor. So like, the fuck is a credit score? Shout out to my mom for not opening up accounts in my name though. Shout out. Thank you. Shout I know that's, that's a struggle for most people. Mm. Mm. Not so real though. What was your worst job of all your jobs? I wouldn't call this my worst job, but it's probably like the worst way that I've ever left a job. Left? This job was a mess from beginning to end. <laughs> I was a lifeguard for about... You really wanted to save lives a lot. You wanted to be a doctor. You wanted to be a mom. You were a lifeguard. You over here trying to save lives, bitch. No, honey. Lifeguards were, we had seven pools in our surrounding community that everyone went to. And if I was going to be at the pool anyway, all summer, I might as well have earned some money. And saved a life. I did save a life once. Did anyone drown on your watch? Yeah, that's, I saved a life. It was a child that didn't know how to swim and jumped in, jumped off the dive, <laughs> the diving board into a 12 foot deep pool, but didn't know how to swim because all his little friends were doing it. Wait, so could you save my life if I started drowning? Yeah, that's why I keep telling you like, it's fine if we go, like I'll teach you how to swim. No, say, you keep, yeah, you keep saying you'll teach me how to swim, not you'll just save my life. I don't need to learn how to swim if you're going to be there to save my life. Well, preferably I'd rather not have to save your life. We could just teach you how to swim i also taught swimming classes for the children that's great but like now i feel like we can really be friends because i don't really have to learn how to swim i can just rely on you to like save my life if needed no comment anyway i was a lifeguard because that was the best job for for anyone to have in the area because all the other jobs were like retail or restaurants um and it was my very, I think it was our very first, no, it wasn't even our first summer. I think it was our second summer um, that our parents were letting us like stay in the US. So it was a, it was a great time. I was very happy. Um, and so I, 
Oh, no, actually, we didn't know if our parents, our parents were saying that they were going to like, you know, send us to Nigeria or whatever. So we didn't apply to be full-time lifeguards. We applied to be subs. Oh. Like we would pick up shifts at like all seven of the random pools instead of, because like most people have like a pool home base, we would just pick up shifts at any of the seven. And it would be, so like I could work at the commons one day, the woods another day, the ponds the next day, like whatever. Um, so my sister and I both signed up to do this and to do it, you have to first take, uh, you have to take a first aid quiz online and, a um, like a lifeguard swimming quiz online. Oh, by the way, after hearing this, you're not going to want me to, to be your lifeguard anymore. But anyway, I took both quizzes. I passed and then you have to sign up and take like the actual like test. And it's like a swimming test where you have to do a few laps, tread water for, um, 10 minutes and then like actually you get to rescue a brick from like the bottom of a pool or oh, something egg. yeah okay it i mean like you had to just dive deep grab the brick and bring it back up um but yeah so you have to like do that class the test by itself right like in the certification overall just the first portion of it was like 150 dollars and then the actual lifeguard portion of it, like the swimming and all that stuff was $250. So in total to get certified to be a lifeguard, it's $350. I have $0 and zero cents. And I think I had like, well, no, actually I didn't have zero. I had some money, but the day that I tried to take the test it ended up being, um, I think I had to do something for theater or something. So I dropped my sister off to take the test and then I just like rescheduled mine. Um, but you have to like wait for the next month to do it. But I guess because they they assumed that because my sister got certified, I also got certified because I had, they'd gotten my written test results, but they'd never got like my, cause you, you literally get your physical like ID after doing the physical test. They just assumed, okay, well, didn't miss certified. And because, so like, if you work at a pool, you need to pin up your certification to the wall, like the, the wall. But if you're only a sub, you just have to give your certification to the company that we worked for. And then like, they would hold on to it or like you would send them a picture and that's that. But they never asked me for a picture, but they called me to do sub work all summer. And every single time that I would like be, so like, there was one time where I was at the woods for a week and a half and I straight up was like, I'm going to get caught. 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 And literally the boss came in the day before my last day. And he was like, Hey, I haven't seen your certification yet. Do you mind like, you know, letting me see it? And I was like, Oh crap. You know what? It's at home. I'll bring it when I come in. He's like, okay, cool. I'll be here tomorrow. Just let me see it then. But that was my last day at that pool. I was working at a different pool the next day. And I completely forgot too. I was freaking out about it until my sister was like, aren't you working at the commons tomorrow anyway? And I was like, oh shit, yes. Um, and by the time he made it to the commons, I was already at the pond. So like literally like I was already moving and shifting. So he just stopped asking. Now this is how uh, we had to leave that job. So because we didn't end up going to Nigeria that summer, that meant it had been like six months since I had seen my dad since he had like flown into the country. Um, Cause he like lived half here, half in Nigeria or whatever. And we had a hurricane and so the pools were closed, but 
like the day after the hurricane, the pools were closed, but, and he said like, no one had to come in. And then halfway through the day, he was like, actually everyone, um, you know, like things have dwindled down, go ahead, come in and help clean up. The pool is still closed, but like, you know, go to your respective pools and clean up. Because I was covering a shift at the commons, I was supposed to go to my respective pool and clean up. My sister had gotten a full-time job at one of the other pools because someone had quit and they'd hired her full-time. So she's no longer a sub. So she had to go to her pool to, to, to clean up. And we called him, we're like, hey, like we know we had to work today. We called him super early too. We called him, we had to be in by I think like 12.31. We called him at 8 a.m. We're like, hey, cause this is, that's when he like called everyone or sent that text out to let everyone know to come in. And we were like, hey, so our dad just came into the country. We didn't know that like, you know, he'd be able to come in cause of the hurricane and everything. But you know, we can't come in today. Keep in mind the pools are closed. They don't need us. Everyone else is coming in to clean. We're like, we can't come in today because, you know, we're going to spend the day with him. We haven't seen him in a while, yada, yada. And he straight up hit both of us with, you guys are both so unprofessional. Don't bother coming into any of your further shifts. And uh, fired us. On your last day? No, it wasn't our last day. We were supposed to come into work. Oh. Yeah. And then we told him we couldn't because our dad was going to be there. And like, literally we're asking for one day off of work. We were going to come back to work the next day. And it was like, if the pools were open, I would have been like, dad, you know, I have to go to work. Like, cause there's no other lifeguards to cover. The my there's no point. They, like There was no, like literally nobody was at the pool cause the pool was closed. So I don't know why, like he literally did not have to do that. And like, there's been a lot of times where my sister and I have literally helped him out of a, the toughest binds. Like, Literally, I've worked shifts at our our big pool needs at least six lifeguards on duty. And I've worked shifts at that specific pool with four, which means every single lifeguard that like had to go out to work would be outside for 45 minutes straight sitting in the sun. Like, and then they would only get a 15 minute break and go right back outside for another 45 for their whole entire shift. It like, it's it shit was not fair at all so uh yeah that was probably like my worst not my worst job but like the worst way I've ever left a job and the, the one job I've ever had where like I will always have a bad feeling in my mouth about that job the job I hate absolutely uh working at neighborhood housing services in Richmond was terrible mm-hmm. they fired me for putting in my two weeks Working at Firehouse Theater was terrible. I just stopped showing up because the lady was racist. Oh, didn't you walk out though? <laughs> I, I walked out. She tried to get me to paint the door in the middle of winter, the outside door, and I was like, ma'am, no. I politely put everything back and left. Never went back. Uh, I think, I don't think, I don't know. I don't think I've ever had an absolutely terrible job. The VMSA was pretty terrible, but I made great friend is there i would say working in neighborhood housing services in richmond was absolutely terrible just based on the way that the woman treated everybody and i hope that company well no because they were helping low-income people be able to buy houses because i liked what they did but i hope that woman i hope her car breaks down i hope she works at a fridays that's always busy on fridays what about like have you had a, like a favorite job like what's the, the best job you've ever worked at the best job i've ever worked at yeah 
honestly, this is going to be a, a twist. The VMFA. <laughs> okay. Is it because of the people? It's because of the people. And it's because of like the first half of working at the VMFA was the best. It was all me and my friends. We constantly got drunk and it was a great time. As everyone slowly started to quit and get fired and management changed from being super chill to people taking their job, working at a fucking cafe way too seriously, it started to become terrible because any job is fucking terrible. But if your fucking best friends are there, then it's like, who gives a shit? This is fun. I'm spending my Friday night with my best friends. After this, we're going to go to fucking Katie's house and get drunk as fuck. It's a great day. So yeah, I liked working at VMFA the first three years. The second three years were bullshit and terrible because then I didn't have filters to see how terrible it was. Damn, that's a very good point. Yeah, because like, if I think about it, like the shit I saw the last three years were shit that was going on my entire time there. But I never saw it because like I was working with my friends. So like to me, I'm like, this is fun. This is great. All of my friends are here. Yep. So like, fuck the VMFA. Take them down. Kill them. I think my favorite job was working at Crumbs Bake Shop. That was, like Crumbs was a lot of fun. And like, I they never let me work with my roommate, <laughs> Jamila, but like she got me the job at the bakery and like, one, huh? In Philly? Yeah, uh, in uh, King of Prussia Mall. We would get, um, we would get a cupcake at the end of every shift. I would like, I don't know, like we would get unlimited, we'd be able to make ourselves like unlimited like uh, teas or coffees like with the, cause we had a, also like a Starbucks espresso machine. It was like a cute little like small little cafe and people would come in and get cupcakes and shit. But also like on the days where we had to throw away a bunch of cupcakes, like I would just get to take a six pack of cupcakes home. Oh. Yeah. And they were good cupcakes, like really good cupcakes. Um, I knew this girl who worked at Krispy Kreme and she got to bring like the end of the night donuts home. And I'm like, oh, I should work at Krispy Kreme. That sounds amazing yeah honestly yeah like I I just I kind of like also my co-workers were fun like literally my manager was fucking crazy like she just had so much drama going on in her life 24 7 it was wild but then um there was a snow first of all it was such a bitch to get out there because getting on like I hate a lot of highways but there's nothing I hate more than 70 like that's just it just sucks um and you have to get on it to to get to KOP there was no like side route um but one day I had to go to work in the middle of a blizzard like a literal blizzard and I was so angry that the mall was even open and I parked my car and there's no one in the parking lot and when I came back literally a snowplow had like slammed into the front of my car and it just like wasn't working anymore I had to file a police report and like it was not like in view of any cameras or anything the city refused to pay it because they didn't approve it. No, what? Police report. Yeah, because like originally I thought it was a hit and run. And, I, and then like someone was like, oh no, this looks like a snowplow hit like the front of your car. But because where I, I guess where I parked, there weren't any like views on the security camera of like my car at all. Um, 
because I parked in the employee lot where I'm supposed to park and I guess there's no there's no cameras there because don't give a fuck about us um so when I went to the police station I was like hey a snowplow hit my car I need to file a police report for the hit and run and whatever and like it's also so the city would pay me to fix the car or at least pay me for damages so I can get a new car and like like straight up car stopped working after like she would vibrate constantly she was honestly a piece of junk before that but like it was super dangerous to drive her after that she was perpetually smoking and everything and uh the city of philadelphia refused they were like you have no proof that it was a snowplow and like you know we had a snowplow in the area but it has no damages to itself so we don't know for sure and the driver that was driving the snowplow literally quit the week after they asked him if he did this that was it huh which is suspicious. Super suspicious, right? <sighs> but whatever. Um, after that, I was like, I'm not about to drive to KOP anymore, especially not with this hunk of junk car. So I left it. Okay, so we've talked about our dream jobs. We talked about our worst jobs. We talked about our favorite jobs. Favorite jobs. Your dream job is to be an account manager for Disney. Yes. What steps are you taking to get there? And who are you taking down to get there? Because you know what I always say. Take, stay with me. Take them down. Stay with me. Take them down by the ankles. You didn't stay with me. I did a little. It doesn't matter. Look, I'm not, I'm not throwing anyone under the bus to get whatever like job that I want to get. At the end of the day, I want to get a job based on my own merit and skills. Like, Yes, I've been networking out the wazoo. Yes, I've been talking to people at Yellow Shoes. Yes, I've been obsessively looking at their LinkedIn's. But I also don't want it to be that like, they're like, hey, that one girl keeps bothering us or this girl is a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend. I guess we'll hire her. Like, I truly want it to be like, we think this person can make an impact here. We, we need her to come work here. I get that. But why can't it be like this girl is a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend? Because other people have benefited from that random ass fucking connection. So why can't you? I mean, yeah. And like, it's like, at at the end of the day, like, I do have that connection. Like, you know, my teacher's friend works there. And that's how I met, like, the contact that I have there right now. But I'm also not going to push too heavy on that. If there's an opening and she remembers me, oh yeah, bless. And that's because I had a conversation with her. I made her see my work. I talked her through who I am as a person. I know that I'm not getting this job because I'm a friend of a friend. I'm getting this job because she's gotten to know who I am as a person and has decided I'm worthy of this job. Like, I just don't want it to be that like, you know, I bring it up to someone that I like Disney and they get me a job at Disney. Like, I don't want it to do that. Why? I am not a fan of, of giving. Cause like the thing is, if I'm not going to do great at that job, if I'm not going to be worthy of that position, if I enter that position and it's not the place for me, it's not a right fit. You just put me somewhere because a friend offered to put me somewhere. I'm not going to be happy there. I get that, but I feel like you're not being fair to yourself. If I work for Disney and I find out we're looking for like a junior account manager, for this thing and I know that like my sister's friend went to the brand center is interested in Disney I'm gonna call my sister and be like hey what's the name of that girl boom get your information call you email you be 
whatever and tell you like, hey, we have this position opening up. If you're interested, apply. I'll bump up your application to whoever needs to see it. I feel like if that if that's an option, you should take it. You shouldn't like- What if I'm not good at the job? What if I, I only want Disney for the name and not for the work? What if I get there and I'm looking at how to cut corners? What if it doesn't make sense? That's on you. To me, I don't know that. I know that you are someone I heard who likes Disney. We're hiring for this position. Your resume matches. Then like, let's give her an interview. I feel like you're not being very I'm not against that. I'm just saying like, I don't, I don't want to be handed a position. I want to earn no, the That's bullshit, first of all. White men have been handed dumbass positions. I, I agree. White men have been handed shit the whole entire the fucking current president has been handed bullshit his entire life. If white men and white women, if white motherfucking people can benefit from just being handed jobs that they absolutely do not fucking qualify for, then why can't you, a black woman who super qualifies for this position, have it handed to you? Because I know if I'm handing you this position, I'm not handing it to a dumbass. I'm handing it to someone who actually fucking cares whether they're a dumbass or not. If you me, you would not know if I was a dumbass or not. All yes, you know about me exactly. is- You think you're a dumbass. I feel like if someone is handing you a job and if it's a, jo- it's a job you want- I want a job that is worthy of what, and like my goals and dreams and aspirations. I want a job- But if someone at Disney is handing you a junior account manager job, you should take it because your goal is to work at Disney and you should prove to them that they made a right decision. You should take the fucking job. Just like you, girl. What's that Steve Harvey? Well, I'm going to be quite honest. It's not like I'm going to turn down a job at Disney. Someone calls me right now and says, hey, girl, in four months, do you want to come to LA and work at Disney as a media planner? You think I'm going to say no? No, I'm not going to say no. Of course, I'm not going to say no. Am I going to be disappointed that it's not the job that I want? Am I going to be disappointed that they only called me because they knew that I was a friend of a friend? Am I going to be disappointed that it's not the right fit? Yes. But I am going to still go and work at my dream company and try to get to where I'm supposed to be. I'm just going to be disappointed as fuck. I get that. What's that Steve Harvey quote? I think you should always remember, uh, think like a white man, Mm. act like a black woman. I mean... Is that a Steve Harvey quote? I think it's like, think like a man, act like a woman, or think like a woman, act like a man. It's a movie. I have it on DVD. It's called Think Like a Man. There's also Think Like a Man too. Oh yeah, that's when they go to Las Vegas. Do we have a story? Um, I did have a story. It is pretty long and we will very much go over. I'll edit. Okay, cool, 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 cool. So... This is about a lady who got her dream job. Her name is, give me a name. Ooh, 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 ooh. Okay, 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 okay. Cheryl. Cheryl. <laughs> um, okay, so Cheryl. Cheryl has been working a crappy part-time job and she hates it and she truly like is looking for a way to quit. She's looking for a way out. She's been applying all over the place. Wait, is this story about me? Am I Cheryl? No, you are not sure. It's so kind of Are you in your dream job right now? Am I sure? Anyway, 
Cheryl's been applying all over the place. She's been super frustrated. Um, and she applied for this one position that was like super cryptic. Like it didn't really say a lot of stuff. Um, but um, she had honestly had just been like quick applying to everything, sending her resume everywhere. So she applies to this, but she remembers that this job didn't really describe what the actual job was or what the company did. It was just like a very vague job application looking for an assistant. Two weeks go by and Cheryl gets a call from an HR person and it's from the really cryptic job. And they say, oh, should I use the actual company? Because I am gonna talk shit. So we come up with a, a different company. Um, Dunder Mifflin. Dunder Mifflin, great. Okay, so they say that, you know, their representatives from Dunder Mifflin and uh, the job posting did say that they were looking for an office assistant, but they felt that she was a better, she wanted to be a producer, by the way. She was a better fit for the assistant producer role that had just opened up. And so that's why they're calling her. Dream job, dream company. And she's fucking lit. So excited. Carol calls me up. She's like, hey girl, let's get drunk. I have my dream job at my dream company. This is amazing. Everything in my life is about to change. I'm so excited. Until she starts work. <laughs> um, Carol starts work at Dunder Mifflin as a producer, an assistant producer. And she realizes that all the people that had worked here that she looked up to were actually awful. Um, and there was a, she felt as though like the people that did all the work didn't get a lot of credit. And so like the first red flag was she had worked there for a full month and still had not been received a paycheck. Wait, a month? A full month and had not received a paycheck. Can I hold all my questions for the end? Huh? Did she not do any research on this company? It was her dream company, so she knew the company. Okay, all right, all right. That was my only question so far. Go on with Cheryl. I am not, I thought this story was about me and it was gonna end up differently, but okay. It is, I don't know how you thought that. Okay, um, so she, she talks to the HR rep and is like, hey, like I've noticed that I haven't gotten paid yet. I know that I send in my direct deposit stuff. Can you just double check, make sure that, you know, you have that stuff. And they're like, oh yeah, we have it all right. It's just sometimes that first paycheck takes a while. Um, if you don't have it by next week, let us know, right? Another two weeks goes by and she gets paid, but she only gets paid for her first two weeks of work. And the first week of work that she did was only working two days. And then the last week was a holiday week. So she only got, it was a total of like less than seven days of work for a two week paycheck. At this point, she's been working there for a month and two weeks. Wait, is this a, like an hourly job? No, it's a full-time job, salary mm -hmm. with benefits. But she doesn't qualify for benefits until she hits the three month probation period. Oh, but yep. like she should be bigger though. Her paycheck should have been bigger, yes. And so she takes it to HR and she's like, hey, I did get my first paycheck, but unfortunately it's only covering the first two weeks of work. I'm still missing the past two weeks. Um, I should have, and she like had given him like the number that she, she's like, I should be getting this much. And he's like, oh, sometimes there's a little bit of a delay. Maybe next week you'll get, you know, the, the other amount. We probably, she's like, we probably sent this amount first. And the second amount is gonna be the lump sum of the past two weeks. Cheryl takes that and is like, okay, cool. Keeps working. 
while she's struggling with getting paid, a lot of other things are happening that are mad suspicious, like dangerous, illegal things that she's very uncomfortable with. One, her boss keeps on asking her to like change records and like safety requirements and stuff so that they match up, even though Cheryl knows that they don't. Um, one, there was a moment in which they had her change a legal contract in Photoshop because they were something that they wanted to add, but they didn't want to have to send it back to the client to uh, re-sign. And they were like, oh, it's fine. We talked to the client about it. We just didn't want to have to like do the whole, you know, docu-sign thing all over again. So she, you know, changes the contract because she's also the only one on the team that knows how to use Photoshop, which she thought was very weird. Well, I thought was very weird, but whatever. So a lot of sketchy things are happening at her dream job. And she sits down and she's like, this is my dream job. This is my dream company. This is everything I've ever thought it was going to be. And I hate it here. I hate everything about it. Um, and so Carol decides that when, like if she gets her benefits and she's still not happy, cause like, you know, three month probation period, if she gets her benefits, she's still not happy. And you know, she hasn't gotten paid regularly or like things haven't changed with her, or, like with the way her department's running, then she's just like, she's gonna leave. She's gonna quit. She's gonna like go back to her old job. So she's also like sending out applications to go to other places or whatever. And then here's where shit hit the fan. Carol has been working there. Her, I think it's, it was like two and a half. No, no, cause it was, okay. So her, all I know is her, her probation period was supposed to end the following Monday, right? That's when she was gonna make her decision and things were not looking up. And so she goes to work that Friday and the company has gone under and is being under investigation by the FBI. <laughs> and because Carol was out here doing mad shady shit with the rest of them. Not only did she lose her job and her paycheck because, you know, shady shit that she was involved in, but she had to go to court and testify. And they like, she was found guilty because like she still knew they were doing shady shit and didn't do anything about it. But because the fact like one, she hadn't done her full probationary period, she had just started working there. And two, like, there was not a lot of like compared to like the other people that worked there there was not a lot of stuff on her she only had to do 120 hours of community service and so the moral of this story is first of all if they're doing shady shit at work like leave what the fuck like what are you wait, doing wait, wait. <laughs> so the company went under yeah the company went under and then went under investigation it was fucking crazy so can we know the name of the company then since they don't exist technically they do still exist what is the name? I need to know. I'll tell you later. How do you know if I have questions or if I'm just overwhelmed per usual? Well, does she ever get paid? Does she get her money? No, they took the remainder of her paycheck. So how is she today? She has a record and she's working part-time, not as a producer, so no longer a terrible. She completely left, um, like completely left production, like altogether. She's, she's not, not doing that shit at all. Um, but she's a mom now, so that's super healthy for her. Very proud. I feel bad that, like, she got her dream job and basically got stabbed in the back and the front and is now not working in the field that was her dream job. 
I mean, yeah, but she, like, she also really respected this company and she just feels like this is kind of like an, an industry norm. So she just felt like it wasn't because like she would talk to other people, like her other coworkers about it. And like, they, they saw no issue. They were like, oh, this is just how things work here. Okay. I'm glad I did not go into the film industry. It's a fit then. Yeah, that's it. Also, uh, stop doing sketchy work. If you're, if you're doing sketchy work and you're hearing this, don't do that anymore. Run away. We don't pay you for a month's pay. Quit and sue. If she had quit and sued, she, she would have literally. Well, no, she wouldn't have gotten her her payments though, because like the company went under. But I guess like they went under, but came back, so she probably would have still gotten paid. Like there would still be court court required to pay her. So yeah, that probably would have been the best 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 for her. Truly always down to suit i'm always also always down to fight if it was me i would be making copies of every single thing that was happening report that shit threaten to report that shit unless i was unless i got what i was owed blackmail maybe i watch too much crime shows a little bit all right friend this was a fun time uh we did stir you towards true crime in the beginning but we're back to uh our original topics and we will see you guys next week. What is your one piece of advice for people working towards their dream jobs? Honestly, don't stop the grind. No, that's stupid. Fuck the grind. I'm so like, no, totality of the whole entire grind. Like you have to like work super hard and like not sleep and like always be on the hustle so you can get there. But it's like, nah, fuck that shit. Take a nap, fam. Take care of yourself. If you're meant to have your dream job, you'll have your dream job. If you're not, then it's not time yet. So you might as well enjoy the journey. That sounded super corny, but like, it's true. That's a, that was a super corny white woman quote, but I'm going to tack onto that. I will also say, never be afraid to take people down by the fucking ankles and pull your way to the top. This country was built on white men stealing shit. And as a woman of color, I will take every motherfucker down so I am at the top. Woo! Well, two differing pieces of advice. Uh, you can listen to one or the other or wouldn't recommend both, but you know, whatever um that's it that was it that was a fun time that's the tea sis that's the tea sis all right i love you guys bye, bye.